There are three big problems with used vehicle appraisals. One, manually sifting through comp vehicles. Two, old book values and ghost comps. Three, no recon visibility. You can solve them all with AutoVision, launching in the Reynolds & Reynolds booth at NADA. Learn more at reyrey.com slash used dash cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot -E com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, January 19th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Ford will cut 1,400 jobs as it lowers F-150 Lightning production. Labor experts say the UAW and the Detroit 3 must rebuild relationships after last year's bitter strike. And Rivian offers leasing for its R1S crossover with the full EV tax credit built in. Plus, Jay Karstens of credit union lending technology company Cuddle explains why the auto industry is experiencing a liquidity crisis. What that does for a lender or financial institution is either sometimes requires them to reduce the amount of lending that they're doing or change the mix. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford Motor says it's cutting two-thirds of the jobs at the Michigan plant that builds the F-150 Lightning. That's as it slows output of the electric pickup. In April, Ford will make 1,400 workers at its Rouge Electric Vehicle Center in Dearborn, Michigan, either retire or move to other facilities. The automaker says the plant will drop to one daily production shift. Since October, the site has been operating on a two-shift, three-crew pattern with one crew of workers on rotating layoffs. Ford said 700 people, roughly half the affected workers, will transfer to nearby Michigan Assembly Plant. That site is adding a third crew to increase production of the Bronco SUV and Ranger pickup. The UAW's six-week strike against the Detroit 3 produced lucrative contracts that will significantly raise the automaker's labor cost. It also produced sharp insults and rhetoric that some labor experts say could hamper the success of both sides. A panel of experts spoke during the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago's Automotive Insights Symposium. Joel Kutcher Gershenfeld is a professor at Brandeis University in Massachusetts who follows labor management issues. The parties came out of this with relationships that were worse, not better. And now, if all goes well, they will dedicate themselves to some repair and rebuilding because they cannot accomplish what they need to accomplish to address the wage differential that there now is without a relationship that lets them work on quality, safety, continuous improvement, and the rest. Living under an agreement is as important as reaching the agreement. Marty Malloy is a former vice president of labor affairs at Ford who now has a consulting firm. He was Ford's lead negotiator in 2007, 2009, and 2011. He helped to craft concessionary deals that kept the automaker financially viable during the Great Recession. He says this round was much different from how negotiations used to happen. I honestly don't think the UAW got the optimal contract for all their employees because 
I believe they've actually put a large portion of their employees longer term in a difficult position because I just think they're going to be less UAW employees employed. Ford has said the deal would cost $8.8 billion, while GM says its new contracts with the UAW and Unifor in Canada would cost a combined $9.3 billion. Both automakers have expressed optimism that they'd be able to offset those costs. The Federal Trade Commission is putting its cars rule affecting auto dealerships on hold. That's pending the outcome of a fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals challenge by the National Automobile Dealers Association and the Texas Automobile Dealers Association. The final CARS rule announced in December would have become effective July 30th. It would create certain requirements for dealership advertising and finance and insurance practices. NADA and the Texas Group petitioned the Fifth Circuit to overturn the regulations and asked for a stay pending the outcome of the appeal. The FTC faced a January 18th deadline to respond to the stay request. Instead, the agency issued its own postponement order on Thursday. And Rivian is expanding its leasing program to its R1S crossover and building the $7,500 federal EV tax credit into the leases. The electric vehicle startup began leasing in November with the R1T pickup, with some limitations. The R1T leases apply to inventory models only, not custom orders, and are available in just 15 states. Rivian says those same limits apply to the seven-seater R1S. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Ford is cutting two-thirds of the jobs at the Michigan plant that builds the Ford Lightning. Are we seeing the effects of the three-year high inventory levels that we reported last week? You know, I haven't seen uh, model-specific inventory reports, but we have seen that EV inventories are higher than those for gas-burning vehicles, like twice as high on average. And it really seems like the part of the market that the automakers have miscalculated is on the very high end, the $80,000 and up models. And so that's where the lightning plays, and it's uh, really where they're having to cut back. So it makes makes a lot of sense there. A lot of adjustments I think we're going to see throughout the market, but this is a big one. Gotcha. Coming up, is the auto industry in the midst of a liquidity crisis? And what would that mean for auto lending? We'll hear from Jay Carsons of credit union lending technology company, Cuddle, next on Daily Drive. Daily Drive is kicking off the new year by reviving an old name in a new format. We're bringing back a weekend drive edition of Daily Drive. Jamie and I will go deeper into the biggest automotive stories of the week. Every weekend, you'll hear fresh insights, analysis, and what has me running hot, if not overheated. To think that's going to get done in a year, a little over a year, is um, foolishly optimistic. That's that's a little dark, but let's shift (laughs) to something a little more positive. You'll also hear from our experts in the newsroom here at Automotive News about the latest industry trends and topics. EV sales are not declining. That's the narrative we're kind of seeing outside of the industry. They aren't declining, but the pace of growth definitely has slowed. Come back this weekend for our Weekend Drive edition of Daily Drive. And of course, tune in every weekday for all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Data is the backbone of your used vehicle department. You need it to find accurate comp sets and to best understand your market in order to make precise appraisal and pricing decisions. But it feels like you're always struggling to get the information you need. 
How much time do you spend sifting through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? Do you frequently make manual adjustments to pricing recommendations? Reynolds' newest inventory management solution, AutoVision, can help. AJ McGowan, president and founder of AutoVision, explains how. If you look at the way that cars are traditionally priced, you know, you can get down to specifics in terms of, you know, what zip code is it in and, you know, what options does it have on it? And, you know, some of those sorts of things. Um, but the thing that's never really taken into account um, is, you know, that dealer's, you know, specific view of the market. Our goal with AutoVision was to use, you know, technology that's available now to do real-time processing, which allows dealers to really set the their view of the market into AutoVision. And then we use our tools to analyze the data that's there and show them this is what this vehicle is worth to you. AutoVision can help you run your used vehicle department with precise comp sets, real-time inventory data, and reconditioning insights. Visit reyrey.com slash used cars to find out more. That's reyrey.com slash used cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Dealerships have been feeling the squeeze of high interest rates and affordability issues that have kept many car buyers on the sidelines. Jay Karstens is Senior Vice President of Client Experience at Cuddle. He spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine about how dealerships can broaden their portfolio of indirect auto lenders to create more lender options for car buyers and potentially sell more cars. Jay, thanks for joining me on this F&I Friday edition of Daily Drive. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate being here. So you were kind enough to write a guest column for us for our F&I uh, page and F&I section uh, recently. You talked a little bit about the lending lenders out there and, and the need to kind of broaden dealerships, you know, need to broaden their kind of repertoire of lenders out there. And in your piece, you wrote that the auto industry has a liquidity crisis. What did you mean by that? Explain. Yeah, good question, Dan. From a basics perspective, financial institutions need deposits. That's what they use to to lend, uh, to do car loans, to do mortgage loans, to do uh, consumer loans uh, for credit cards. And we had a lot of deposits coming out of COVID. The the system was flush with with cash, uh, and that's dwindled over the past several years. And so the liquidity or the deposits just isn't there like it was before. And what that does for a lender or financial institution is either sometimes requires them to reduce the amount of lending that they're doing or change the mix. Uh, in some instances, we have seen lenders that have just decided that auto lending isn't the most profitable avenue for them to take. And so they've exited the business. And so that impacts the consumer and the fact that there's one less lender out there looking to uh, compete for that auto loan. Uh, and it impacts the car dealerships uh, through the indirect channel and the fact that it's, again, one less lender that they have an option to use. And uh, as you see less lenders, that can create affordability issues for the consumer uh, because there's not as many options and more options creates more competition, right? That's kind of what I meant by the liquidity crisis. Gotcha. And yeah, just to pause for a second and go back, you mentioned about indirect lending, direct lending, um, just for the listeners out there, give us a quick overview what those what's the difference between those two things yeah sure dan um a direct loan is when a, a consumer uh, goes directly to the financial institution and fills out the application uh, with the credit union with the bank 
determines what the terms of the loan are. And then they go to the auto dealership, the RV dealership, whatever the case may be is. And then they negotiate the terms of the, of the car purchase. And then they go back to the financial institution to finalize the loan. And so it's, it's directly with the financial institution. Indirect means that, and it's the largest majority of how auto loans or mobility loans are done, is, 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 is that the consumer goes to the car dealership or the car dealership's website. And the dealership facilitates the loan transaction along with the purchase of the vehicle. So the consumer has never directly talked to the financial institution that's going to hold that loan form. So it's called an indirect channel. So that's that's the difference between the two. So 2023 was an interesting year. I mean, we saw a lot of lenders kind of scaling back or even getting out of the auto lending business. I think, you know, fear for delinquencies being among them. A lot of buyers stayed on the sidelines because of the high interest rates and the high sticker prices. Uh, we just wrote, we just ran a story about, you know, student loans have come back in now. And so those younger buyers who didn't have a student loan, loan payment now have student loan payment now with, along with a car loan, or maybe if they were thinking about getting a car, they might not now. So this is kind of really has impacted, you know, the dealerships and buyers. So how do, if I'm a dealership, how can I kind of combat that, that kind of, this kind of a little bit of a slowdown in the market? Yeah. One thing that we've seen as, as a trend uh, over the last decade really is this is a uh, reduction in the number of lenders that a dealership wants to use. Uh, they want to focus their buying power with a select number uh, of lenders, and that gives them uh, more leverage uh, with, with those particular lenders. Uh, and so it's probably time to rethink that strategy, right? And, and broaden that portfolio back out. If you've lost key lenders that were taking on a decent percentage of the business within your dealership. And, you know, from my seat, I would argue that uh, credit unions are are the place you should be looking and Cuddle is the platform that you should be looking to find your credit unions. We are not a lender. Uh, Cuddle is not a lender. We're an aggregator and provide software for auto dealers and credit unions to communicate and transact auto loans. And if you aggregate our credit unions together, we're the largest indirect lender in the country. Uh, and we've been that for several years running. And so we have lots of solutions that help both the auto dealer as well as the credit union uh, and the consumer, which in the credit union world, that's a member, to facilitate those transactions. And, and, and credit unions are important because uh, they're known for having uh, more extended terms uh, oftentimes than banks. And generally, they have more competitive interest rates. Uh, and so in, in a time where rates are high, Sometimes stretching out the term and finding the best available rate for that term is what's going to make that vehicle more uh, affordable. And then lastly, I think if you're looking to expand from a lender perspective, who's local? You're a local business as a car dealer. Is there a local finance institution that's also invested in the community and you have commonality Two local businesses trying to be successful uh, and creating a partnership locally oftentimes can be the right answer. If I'm a, a dealership and I shouldn't just open up my doors to anybody who's wants to make loans for obvious reasons, um, are there ways that dealerships can kind of vet lenders or things that they should be looking for as far as like you know, technology, things like that? I think that's really important, Dan, is, is, is that, you know, there are lenders that have been in the, in the auto space uh, for, for decades and auto dealers know who they are and they have that consistency in that background. But 
in a time like this, it's somewhat similar to what we saw in 2008 and 2009 when there was retrenchments and, and there was lenders that were moving out of the indirect auto space. You as a dealer should be looking for somebody that's time tested, right? That's been through this before. Dealers spend a lot of time, effort, and money investing in their lending relationships. And to have those pulled away at a moment's notice can be very frustrating for a car dealer because that's a lot of investment that's just gone away. And so, again, is there somebody within the community that's that cares about your dealership uh, and the customers and, and consumers that are in your backyard? And so I, I think that time tested, somebody local is as important as an option. And then you also want to be looking at what kind of a, a spectrum of lending do they offer? Uh, what type of rates and terms do they offer? Uh, because again, most dealerships still aren't looking to go from 10 main lenders to 40 main lenders. They're still wanting to be selective in regards to what they're looking for. And so credit unions really can solve that affordability aspect uh, in several different ways. If it's not rate or terms, it could even be leasing, right? Is this, the credit unions have entered into the leasing space and oftentimes uh, for new cars, they can create leasing options that create a much more affordable payment. And here at Cuddle, we have a strong partnership with CULA, which is Credit Union Leasing of America, and they help lower payments for consumers through lease options. We also help dealers through our document process automation, which allows dealerships to get their money faster so they can go out and repurchase more units and put them on the lot. And then I think it's also important to look at lenders that have the ability to use technology to advance the underwriting guidelines. And we've got a partnership with Zest AI that basically uses more data, better math, uh, better software that allows lenders to expand their credit through more accurate uh, risk predictions, faster decisions, and more importantly, more inclusive lending. And it, it seems like there's there's been more of a, a slight change in mindset. And I think, you know, it's more to come on the traditional credit scoring and now people who, you know, looking at other kind of alternative payments that they make, you know, it could be their bills, their, you know, cable bill or their, you know, electric bill, you know, kind of trying to, again, open up that market. And, you know, the subprime people have really gotten kind of squeezed out of, you know, the market in 2023. But I think there's a more interest in kind of opening up the possibilities for all prospective buyers. Is that right? Yeah, it's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. And, and it's, it's critical, right? Because again, uh, one of the most common complaints you'll hear from consumers in regards to the auto transaction is the amount of time it takes for me to be at the dealership, right? It generally doesn't take that long to pick a car out. It takes most of the time getting the financing solution taken care of. And so having lenders that are leveraging technology or AI to speed up that underwriting process and get faster decisions back in the day and age of Amazon, right? <laughs> we all expect stuff to happen much faster. And so, yeah, AI is definitely going to help uh, speed up and to your point, make it more inclusive. It's widening the net and getting people who historically didn't qualify or didn't qualify for the lowest rate a better opportunity because it's using new attributes. Jay, really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate your time. Dan, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. 
That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez, John Hutter, and Lawrence Iliff for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on finance and insurance, job cuts, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back over the weekend for our Weekend Drive edition for this week. We'll talk about the results of our new dealership salary survey. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 